it was this invaluable stream of just like it was almost like a contest of everybody just trying to be like i want to share with you something fascinating that i found today one after another and that to me was like an accelerant for my creative process and just all sorts of other things in oh, my for life sure. as someone in like the comedy world and in like the 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 writing and performance world that was where i got exposed it was, to it like, was like cultural accelerant you yeah know? Yeah, it was great. I mean, it, it it gave me which maybe is maybe is also a bad thing. Maybe culture's moving too fast as a yeah. result of all of this stuff. So but maybe like, our lizard brains shouldn't be given access to not just one pocket computer, but like as many pocket computers as our budget will allow us to purchase. Uh, and if we can't purchase them, we can always that, finance them. Are, are you suggesting that we shouldn't have infinite access via our pocket computers to every other mind on Earth and be able to? exert our own like mental authority over yeah. others share signals and you know uh bring nazis back from the dead basically yeah, yeah. like it's all it's yeah, it's maybe 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 that's yeah it's all bad it's i mean but here's the thing is that it's all bad no matter what so i do understand like the idea of like hey if it's all bad can i just get the version of the bad that makes me feel a tiny bit good while experiencing all the bad uh so i mm-hmm. get i get that but also does threads have like video like the capability of yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah that's one thing that's like really really grinding my gears on uh on blue skies there's no video component yeah, just come just come over because it, it, everyone's gonna be stepping out of that canoe pretty soon i too, am because it's still furious and i still do mj jokes about this but i still believe that one day somehow my space will get like revived and reused and i'm furious that my hotmail account no longer exists because hotmail no longer mm. exists so i can't even mm-hmm. like log in or find out my password because my reset password goes to that email address which i also don't have access to so I can't ever get my top eight back or anything like that, which sucks. Um, yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, like that yeah. might be a good thing because you might not ever want people to find out what your top eight is. Yeah. What a what a like insane feature that they were just like, you've got eight slots. Yeah. <laughs> to show to prioritize your love. Yeah. Yeah. For the sake of this platform. Again, an early iteration of of this. Oh, speaking of prioritizing love, it's hard for me to celebrate Lando Norris's incredible accomplishments this weekend. Truly incredible. Truly remarkable. Mm-hmm, it is difficult mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. me to celebrate them as fully as I want to because... I think Oscar Piastri was faster, and I think that it was some luck of the draw nonsense. And by that, I mean, hey, it got Lewis on the podium, so I'll take the luck of the draw nonsense. But it's yeah. just luck of the draw nonsense that he did not get a podium as a rookie. Like, John, I don't, yeah. I yeah. can't remember. It hasn't happened in our lifetime that a rookie driver has podiumed in their first season. Like, it just, that has not happened. Um, if you think back to like the amazing drivers that have been in cars, like, well, I mean, aside from Lewis Hamilton, exactly. That's the only other driver who has like 
there's surely been another rookie who's been on the podium. Maybe not a race win. Really? No other race win. No other race wins. No other rookie. See, like Max did not do it with Toro Rosso. He did not podium the first year. Vettel did yeah, not. Seb didn't do it. Yeah. Nope. Alonso didn't. Huh. I mean, I think maybe when we were babies, maybe Ayrton did it in his rookie season. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I don't even know if he did it in his rookie season. Like it's it's wild. So I'm just I. So wanna, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. So Let's, do, you, do you, yeah, yeah. We should. We're talking podcast? about. We're talking about the podcast. We're talking podcast? about it. Let's podcast. Let's go let's ahead. Podcast. And podcast. Yeah. Let's do it. Welcome to the F1 Files. This is our Formula One podcast. We're just a couple of best friends who love F1 so so much, and we've been friends for our whole lives. And. I'm one of those friends. My name is Corey Willis. I'm an actor, writer, improviser out here in Los Angeles, California. This is the other friend. I'm John Lapore. I'm a creative consultant designing the future for film, technology, and automotive. Uh, all right, British Grand Prix. Woo. Uh, all right. Uh, th- I enjoyed this a lot. Um, so much. I, I got caught up in the Silverstone just a uh, general vibe. Uh, there was a, uh, mm-hmm. I'm on this text thread with uh, a, a, a bunch of local and then not local F1 guys who uh, the guy that started the thread is one of my neighbors who's a Brit. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's got a couple other Brits back home who were chiming in. And like one of them after the first four laps of the race just chimed in and just said, Silverstone is magic. And like immediately in that moment, like I was, my coffee turned into tea. I was holding an umbrella over my head, a brelly. And, uh, and I was like, I just felt like I was swept away in the, the majestic, uh, magic. Yeah. Of, Silverstone. And Your the, biscuits and the immediately turned to scones and you started yeah. calling them scones, not scones. Uh, yes. Yeah. Your monocle, uh, you didn't realize you were wearing, like fell into your teacup. Um, yep. uh, I instantly was sitting on the other side of the couch. Yeah. <laughs> was... Yeah. I, I, I was in full, full swing. Uh, I am not a British loyalist. Neither of us are British loyalists by any stretch of the imagination, uh, mm-hmm. neither culturally um, nor uh, just in like state of mind. But uh, I did. I have like a a an English uh, little pennant. It's and I like rock that around my shoulders uh, throughout the whole thing. I took it off for uh damien what's his name damien what's his face who did the national anthem who did god save the king uh oh i missed i missed that damien lewis damien lewis the dude dude from uh from Dreamcatcher. uh like the the actor is like a rock star he like turned into a rock star and he sang the british national anthem uh the first time god saved the the guy from the guy from billions yes that dude is Weird. he is a like a rock star in Great Britain. 
So he uh, he hmm. came out and and sang that. Um, but that was so. This this felt like one of the most amazing, like inclusive British Grand Prix that has happened. Uh, it just mm-hmm. like looking through the crowds. First of all, record attendance at Silverstone. Yep. Uh, four hundred and eighty plus thousand people in like this tiny little airfield. Uh, like the the paddock building is like the the top level is a wing. It's like literally designed to look like a wing because that used to be uh, an airfield. It's one of the reasons why like the crosswinds are so crazy there, and why uh, there's a, a a straightaway called Hangar Straight. It's because there were literal mm-hmm. airplane hangers on that straight um, uh, that used to like send out the red arrows and the Spitfires and all these historical British warplanes like they turn that into an f1 uh venue and it's one of two venues on the circuit that uh is privately funded meaning it gets no no dollars from the british government so no tax dollars uh are spent on that venue and uh, apparently suzuka is the other one that is privately funded Hmm. um and the idea is the ticket prices are very high for silverstone one of the yeah. reasons they're so high is because every dollar that goes into ticket prices uh, that does not go into a vendor's pocket, uh, that does not go into F1 like licensing fees, uh, all of that money gets poured back into the maintenance and upkeep of Silverstone. That's why it's like so pristine and so perfect uh, and why it's so expensive and why it feels like this like british thing like the common people yeah have ownership of something in a country that is like the state owns so much uh and like so much of it is nationalized so like the people of britain truly feel like they own silverstone because their money pays for it so i i just that's like the setting of the race already just the background yeah i mean so I'm I'm just gonna dive right Let's into do it. Yeah. Yeah. the to me, I think the headline of the British Grand Prix and particularly looking at it as a weekend as a whole was just it was it was like a celebration of all things British. Yes. We had the Williams team. I mean seemingly from out of nowhere. Yeah. absolutely smashing it through practice sessions. Yeah. Albon crushing it. When, Even Logan Sargent. Yeah. Right up in there in the mix. Yeah. I think Sargent started 12th or something like that in the Grand Prix. Yeah. Like he it was started 12th in the in the Grand Prix incredible. and he he finished he was really close to getting his first Yeah, he was like point. 11th. So he made up a spot yeah. but still was outside the points, which Yeah. He was he was yeah, close yeah, to getting yeah. that, but I mean through practice that was astounding. That mm-hmm. was like shocking. Yeah. And strangely enough not seen in practice, but then seen in qualifying was the McLarens. Wow. Both of the McLarens. Another entity coming out of a pocket of very poor performance Mm -hmm. and showing up immensely strong in qualifying and then ultimately the race. Yeah. 
And then we finished the race with two Brits on the podium, one of which being Lewis Hamilton, Mm -hmm. the single most important British racing driver that there's been for an entire generation. Like it's like Jackie Stewart, then like Graham Hill and like Jim Clark and like some of these other people. And then it's like, but in the, in the modern age, it's, it's Lewis. Yeah. Especially in, in the home of formula one and, and, and formula one's home is the, the UK Mm -hmm. without question. The home of British motorsport, Um, which is like in essence, the home of motorsport. Cause well, I mean, the home of Formula One is is yeah, yeah is yeah. So yeah, so we've got we've got all of that, and then for me, you know, the the most spectacular moment of the weekend was seeing this race start. Yeah, seeing Lando surge into the lead Dude. off the line. Seeing Piastri put his put his mug Verstappen too, like almost almost, almost get him, yeah, almost get him. So oh, I loved that. I loved that. That was tremendous. I lost that my was, mind. I it stu- was. I was standing for like the first twenty minutes of the Grand Prix because I was like, I can't sit down. I can't physically sit down. <laughs> uh, too much energy. <laughs> That was a, yeah, that was a scone of adrenaline. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Jammed into the IV bag uh, and forced into my veins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah, not even like liquefied or blended, just like get into my bloodstream. (sighs) And I think as it was happening, it felt inevitable Mm -hmm. that Max would get back into first place yeah particularly once we got through the two laps and the drs was allowed yeah but like yeah my my lord like i like i felt like every formula one fan was british as hell yeah for those first few laps, which wasn't two laps, and then the DRS opened and Max skated by, but it was stretched to yeah. like four and four a half laps. laps yeah. of Lando staying in the lead. And I mean, it's, this sounds pathetic uh, now that I'm hearing the words coming out of my of mouth, course. but this of was course. like, this was one of the most exhilarating moments of the season this far, just that this dominant force could be held back. To put for those four laps. To put it in perspective, yes, we were exhilarated. Yes, we were excited to see Lando do that well at the beginning of the race. At the end of the race, during the podium ceremony, Max Verstappen didn't even wait to get his number one trophy before he started mm. celebrating, like, and spraying Lando with champagne and lewis like everyone was just so fired up for what just happened yeah like the race was so entertaining and thrilling that the winner of the race didn't even have the patience to receive his trophy oh it was i i loved yeah yeah so for the first four laps i i didn't know what to do with myself uh it was oh so great so great and for the rest of the race Mm mm-hmm when looking at it through the popular lens of the season of 
Formula Nomax, which is this new racing series I that like happens this. within Formula One. Yeah, yeah. This uh, is fun. This is fun. In Formula Nomax, this was a all-time greatest race ever. Yeah, like might have been because the best of the race. action happening elsewhere in the field, particularly the battles for the theoretical first place. Yeah. That oh, were, that were happening. There was so much. Well, just okay. So we're we're deep into the race, but I want to back up to qualifying because there mm-hmm. were just a couple yes, of things that happen in qualifying that are like critically important. First and foremost, we've got Sergio Perez not making it into qualifying session three for the fifth time in a row. Yes. Fifth consecutive yeah. race. Uh, yeah, terrifying. Absolutely yeah. terrifying. Really bad news for Sergio. I will say, sorry, he, not, during not the qualifying race, three. He has not made it out of Q1. Yeah, he hasn't made it out of the first session of qualifying six times this season. And, and I saw a lot of people saying that, oh, well, last season, Danny Rick didn't, d- didn't get it uh, out of Q1 yeah. five times. Yeah. Um, but I will, I will note Danny Rick didn't claw his way through the field most of the time. After those terrible qualifying sessions, he more or less stayed put or fell back. Yes. Checo is clawing his way through the field. He's not yes. doing it as rapidly as Max obviously would, but he's he is still making some progress. Nonetheless, it's a bad sign for Checo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I already saw murmurs of like shortly after the race, Helmet was seen talking to Checo. I mean, I hope they talk to each other every once in a while, no matter what. But, yeah. Yeah. You know. But I also hope that they don't talk. So the framing of that photo was like helmet talking to Checo on like the front deck of the Red Bull, like, uh, um, paddock, like the hospitality, hospitality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which means that if there was one camera there, that means that there were so many other cameras there and, uh, Helmet Marco is like notorious for just being like a just a terrible old man uh, uh, who just speaks mm-hmm. his mind and does whatever he wants and doesn't really pay attention to much of anything. Uh, and I know that if he had something to say to Checo that should have been said behind closed doors, there's no way he wasn't just having that conversation with an earshot yeah. and like camera uh, lens. Uh, so I just I hope that that was a positive conversation and was like a hey good job clawing back through the field. However, Saturdays you need to tighten up, bud. Um, I hope that that's what the content of that conversation was. I can't imagine that it was though. Um, uh, no, I think you're right. I think you, you you don't have to worry about the talk that you see Helmet having with Checo. You have to worry about the one that you don't see. Yeah, yeah. Or him having a conversation with other people about another driver. Uh his like continued like smack talk about Nick DeVries. Um his like yeah. laughing at like, haha, well we've got, you know, Daniel Ricardo is going to be doing a tire test this week, so we'll see uh, what Daniel looks like in the car. Um and then someone asking Helmet, are we gonna see uh, Nick DeVries in the car, but like when we get to Zanvoort, and his response was, "How many races until Zanvoort?" Which is like, oh, dude, what? Like, 
That's his home Grand Prix, dude. Don't yeah. do that. Don't do that. Um, yeah, so that that sucked. Um, not seeing DeVries do well this weekend because he started like I think 18th uh yep. in the Grand Prix too. So not great. Um there was some drama between Leclerc and Carlos during qualifying. Uh there was one Carlos got let out ahead of uh Leclerc, like in the mm-hmm. order for whatever reason, he was like released out of the garage ahead of him. So Leclerc by rights because they alternate every race weekend, and I think Carlos had it first last weekend, so uh, Charles gets it this weekend. And they, like, did some weird swap that, like, disrupted Carlos's, like, outlap. And then Carlos, like, drove by Charles uh, at the end of one of the qualifying session, and Leclerc was like, hey, tell Carlos that was a great pass. It was a great pass. And I was like, what is he talking about? Went back and looked at the video. And it was when they were all stacking up at the very end of the qualifying session at the end of the lap. Mm. And Carlos like cut in front of him because he was closer to being eliminated. Like Charles right. lap time was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Carlos was like, I'm I might get bumped out in Q1. So like, yep. why shouldn't the team prioritize me? Like, it makes sense. Don't we want both cars to make it out of Q1? Like he's. He wasn't doing it for some ego thing. So yeah. there was like uh, open, like kind of smack talk between them and like the tone of Leclerc's radio message is like so sarcastic uh, that I was like, "Ugh, I don't like that. Uh, so hopefully Ferrari isn't collapsing in on itself. That's what I thought at the end of Q1 was like, oh, Ferrari. I mean, I can't imagine any other way that that, whole team isn't a pressure cooker yeah and everybody pointing fingers at each other and teammates getting tense with with one another which it's unfortunate to see but you know uh not certainly not the first time yeah yeah we've seen it but, either at the top of the grid or at the back of the grid but it's happening it's starting as much as like we want to see it happen at red bull with checo and max the relationship between Carlos and Charles, I think if it's not taken care of between now and Hungary, like we're going to see a real problem with that team because Charles is trying to re-sign a contract and so is Carlos. Neither of them are leaving Ferrari. So if they're there next year together and there's bad blood and they have a more competitive car, they're going to take points off of each other until Max Verstappen becomes the champion or Lewis becomes the champion or Oscar Piastri becomes world champion. I don't know. I'm just saying uh, he's got that second year thing that happens where he doesn't do mm-hmm. great the first year and then starts to show some progress in the first year of whatever series he's in. And then by the second year, he is winning the championship Oh God, I'm excited about Oscar Piastri. I'm terrified as a Hamilton fan because I'm like, oh, oh no. Is this like the next iteration of a Max Verstappen level of talent where he's just too yeah. good? <laughs> like he's just programmed to drive a car and mm-hmm. he that's what he's good at, and that and he's got like a fun, cheeky personality too. So like, yeah, I I want to see Oscar do well, but I want to see like 
Hamilton win another championship before Oscar starts winning championships and like eclipsing Leclerc because that's what's going to happen. Piastri yep. is going to eclipse Charles Leclerc just like Carlos Sainz is starting to eclipse Charles Leclerc with his speeds. Um, yes. Yeah. So that, yeah. So that and Albon and qualifying were like the two biggest things that like blew my mind. Um, yep. Just seeing Albon like consistently destroy every, like coming on and being like, okay, Albon's got the fastest first sector. Huh? He's got the fastest second sector. What? And then like, ah, okay. He finished second in like one of the sessions and third, like, ah, so cool. So cool. Um, and a British born Thai driver. So like we have another British driver showing up and showing out at the British Grand Prix. I mean, just to, with the most British of teams. I mean, the single most British of British teams. God, so I mean, almost almost every Formula One team, almost every single Formula One team is British in some yeah. <laughs> regard. Yeah. But Williams is the, the, the most, most concentrated British. afternoon yeah. tea. Uh so DRS was finally enabled in Q3, which is why we saw the order that we saw. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that that's what happened in the race too. Without this race, without DRS in this race. I think we probably would have seen Verstappen on the podium, but I think that either Oscar or Lando would have won that race. I think. I say Oscar Do first because you... I think Oscar would have run. <laughs> Do you think Oscar's biggest barrier uh, to to the podium was the tire strategy? Um. No, I think it was the safety car. I really do. I think it was just like mm-hmm. the luck of the draw with the safety car. Uh, his tire strategy, I think, was fine. Um, I I think that Piastri would have driven the wheels off of that car no matter what. I mean, the, the other thing that is like mentioned and will continue to be mentioned over the next week is the fact that, and why I think Oscar deserves way more flowers than he is getting uh, for this I mean, we're still the day of, so I'm sure he's getting a ton of recognition uh, for the work that he's done, and he'll continue to get more. But, like, he didn't have all the upgrades. He didn't have the front wing upgrades. Oh, really? Yeah. He So Lando has, the, has more upgrades on his car, and Oscar was still faster. Like, Oscar, like, the reason they came on the radio to be like, uh, hey, just so you know, we're gonna hold station, Lando. We're gonna keep, uh, we're gonna keep where we are, is because Oscar. And I'll go back and listen to the radio, but I believe Oscar was starting to hint at like, "Hey, I'm faster than Lando. Can we invert the cars? <laughs> like, I might be able to catch Max." Lando was only three seconds behind him, but Oscar was like constantly catching him. And then if you notice that, like, for those first four laps. Oscar was still right behind Max. And then Hmm. like following those first four laps, once DRS was enabled, he had a closer margin to Max than Max had on Lando. Like for like a couple of laps or like for a couple of turns, maybe even like a first 
full sector. And then Max like got on the streets and blew blew the doors off. But they were like mm. the McLarens were really good in the low speed corners and the high speed corners and the straights. Like they're looking like a well rounded car. And again, Oscar doesn't even have all the upgrades. So yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's the right response. John is like, oh no, that's how good he is. He was faster that he's as a rookie. He's already faster than his teammate, and he doesn't even have a car that has all the upgrades. Ooh, uh, we we might be seeing something very interesting next year. Uh, that's 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 something I'm excited for. Um, all right. What else happened in that race, Johnny? Let's, let's get, let's get deeper into the race here. Some moments that stuck oh, out to you. Yeah. There's um, a lot. Yeah. Uh, Alpine imploded uh, harder than I've seen a team implode. And even I felt particularly Jesus. bad for, for Gasly. Yeah. Uh, who, who was it that, uh, got around Gasly? Was it Checo? And went well over track limits, was being investigated for it. Gasly's screaming bloody murder over yep. the radio about it. And then they're just like, ah, the stewards reviewed it. It was it's fine. fine. No need to give the position back, which I, I think. Oh, it was that should've. was Stroll. That was Lance Stroll. Oh, that was Stroll. That's yeah. what it was. It yeah. was Stroll. Stroll went by him. Uh it went. Mm-hmm. Got all four wheels over over the white line. Yeah. Um, Gasly's incensed, furious yeah. about it, and then within like three laps, uh, his car explodes. Yeah, um, but not before, not before Carlos oh, showed yeah. up. And yeah, this is one of the reasons why I'm like. I don't know how much of the intro I'm going to leave in, especially about social media stuff. But like, this is one of the reasons I'm kind of pissed that Twitter is imploding is like, John, the most engaged tweet that we've had from this podcast is what I tweeted out today uh, with the, oh um, yeah, there's like a lot of people are liking that tweet. Um, yeah. Yeah. As they should. Cause it's, spectacular. it's, it's, it was, it's so perfect. Uh, Gasly like walks by, um, during like the post race interviews and goes by Carlos as Carlos is getting uh, interviewed and he goes, Hey, don't push me like that. Uh, And I guess like when Carlos went to pass him or when like he was passing car, it was, he was passing Carlos. Um, I guess Carlos like didn't leave enough space and like, kind of like pushed him wide. And Mm -hmm. Carlos's response is, Oh, Probacito. And I was like, oh, what does Probacito mean? And I looked it up and it says it means poor thing, which is so funny that Carlos Ugh. Sainz is responding to someone being like, hey, could you not intimidate me off the track? Uh, and mm-hmm. he's like, oh, you poor thing. And he like kind of does it without even glancing back at who it was. He like knows yep. who it was. Yeah. So funny. So, so fun. I feel so bad for Gasly, though, because then... Well, hold on. Please explain your... your. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your addition to the moment there. Uh, so, um, the the moment uh, in the film Captain Phillips, uh, where Tom Hanks has the bridge of his, uh, of his, <laughs> his ship taken over by pirates, um, 
oh what's i don't even remember the actor's name uh but he's like very skinny uh, i believe he's somalian um but he like does like the dub like the eye thing and he's like look at me look at me i am the captain now and i screen grabbed uh someone who memed that and just like pasted over i'm intimidating now uh and i it feels right it it felt so good <laughs> I, I was like oh I, love, I loved it i loved it uh so yeah it's, it's great it's wonderful that said um where did the ferraris finish john did you see precisely where they finished do you see where signs uh, finished i don't know in wales where oh uh, yeah somewhere, where was it somewhere in, in the scottish highlands i think uh no he he finished might as well have he finished 10th carlos signs finished 10th oh yeah and charles leclerc guess where charles finished Eighth. ninth ninth no of course he just finished God. one spot ahead of him yeah yep yeah do you know who finished ahead of both ferraris uh Alex Albon. Alexander Albon, who had his worst finish of the weekend in eighth position. So wow. Ferrari got beat wow. by Williams this weekend. Both by Williams by two by two McLarens. By two McLaren. Like where Ferrari should have been is where McLaren was. Mm. They got beat by Mercedes. They got beat not by both Aston Martins. Um, but they did get beat by one Aston Martin, uh, and they did get beat by Perez, who started <laughs> in 15th. Yeah. Like, just, there's no way of looking at this weekend if you are a mm. Ferrari fan and you go like, yeah, no, that wasn't totally humiliating and embarrassing. No, 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 no. We, we didn't, like, we didn't Awful. get pantsed at recess on like the day after we had surgery on our genitals. Like that didn't happen. Like y'all, it happened. It happened. It happened on British soil. So like, I guess the, the only way it could have possibly been worse is if this happened at Monza. It'd be like the only way Mm -hmm. that it would be more humiliating. Oh God. I feel so bad for Ferrari. But that said, they had like a very fun, like it was a fun weekend to watch the Ferraris not struggle, but like not know where they were because McLaren was doing so well and because Albon and uh, and Sargent were doing so well in the Williams. Mm-hmm. Like, and I mean, uh, Ocon, I think, oh, Ocon and Stroll had an issue in qualifying. That's why Ocon went out. So like yeah. Ocon didn't make it into the into Q2 and that's because Stroll got in his way or like pushed him off or something weird happened at the end of one of those sessions and then he literally ran Gasly off the road past him Gasly freaks out gets penalized uh doesn't get penalized and then uh Gasly like retires uh and then after Gasly retires, that's when the FIA was like, oh, actually, uh, Stroll is going to get a five-second penalty for, like, the collision he caused. Uh, and I think it wasn't even that incident. I think it was, like, a different incident. <laughs> so it was just uh, so funny. Not funny. Sad. Because Endstone is where Alpine is based. It's a French team, but it is a British 
base of operations. So Mm -hmm. they had a double DNF, not to mention the McLarens leapfrogged them in the constructors and nearly had a double podium with Oscar Piastri, who should have been an Alpine drive. Like there are stories up and down the grid. I love it. (laughs) I love it. This is, this is to me, one of the most exciting things about, this weekend is I think this has made a clear statement that over the course of the rest of the season, we are going to see some big position changes yeah. in the world drivers championship yep, and in the constructors championship. And that to me is incredible. Mm-hmm. That's, that's exactly what I want to see. That's what uh, we're going to, we're going to see it not staying on a predetermined course. Yeah. Yeah, particularly when you're watching from the perspective of Formula Nomax. Exactly, exactly. I mean, and I think that, John, you're probably right that if you look at this race, historically, it was probably one of the most entertaining races in modern Formula One if you just remove Max Verstappen from the equation, not even Red Bull from the equation, because Sergio had like, yeah. it was great to watch him battle up to six. Yeah, Ser- Sergio was he keeping up, it entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, he like. The only entertaining thing that Max did this weekend was be present when Lando, I think at the end of qualifying, uh, and they asked him how he felt about everything. He said, I'm excited. And well, you know, Max just ruins everything. Yes. And you and you heard the entire crowd erupt so much that Lando said it like at least one or two more times during his interview. Yeah. Max yeah. ruins everything. Oh, as as a comedian who performs on stage, when Lando got that like pop from uh, yeah. from the crowd, I was like, there's no way he's not saying that again. If this man is a showman in any way, shape, or form. This man has mm-hmm. to say Max ruins everything in front of a British crowd because he knows the crowd that he's speaking to. He, like, I, I am such a fan of Lando Norris. Uh, this, this dude is so good for the sport, and I think that he is maybe the personality to kind of, like, overwhelm the sport once Lewis leaves. I think that there's like, he's kind of like silly and kind of like he's hard on himself. So he like doesn't get too high on his own horse, but he's also not just like a robot like Max. Like he's like, yeah, fun to interview because he, he takes the piss constantly uh, out of himself, out of his team. Uh, They put him on hard tires at the end and he got like interviewed. Uh, I love that when he got interviewed, he was like, ah, this must be, uh, they must be new at this. They put me on hard tires. And it's just such like, yep. he, it's McLaren. It's one of the most important like entities in British motorsport. Uh, and it just like, like, and like they pan the camera over to the McLaren uh, folks who are like all, lined up while the post post uh race interviews are happening and they're all laughing and like slapping each other on the back like there's no hard feelings and even when he said that about max max was fine with it like i don't know it was great it was i mean i still subscribe to your theory that max is gonna max is secretly tormented by the fact that that he realizes he's the reason that he's 
the, yeah. the sport that he loves is being ruined and he uh, yeah. will back away, uh, you know, at the end of the season or at the end of next season, we'll just move on and, and do something I'm else. Spilling, um, uh, I, I, nobody it, likes me it, anymore. <laughs> it was a lot of fun seeing Zach Brown. Yeah. Super, super jubilant and excited and running oh, around God. the garage, you know, giving everybody high fives and hugs and like, uh, yeah. you know, I only imagine that he's just like walking around being like, you get to drive one of my race cars. <laughs> you get to drive one. You too. What do you want? What do you, what do you even do here? Have I ever met you before? Yeah. Sure. Take a, take an antique race car out. Yeah. Like someone who's like, like, um, accidentally, got hit with like a dye pack that just happens to have like sprayed orange all over them. Uh, he yep. was like, Hey, do you want to yep. drive Jimmy Stewart's car? And they're like, I just robbed a bet. And there's go, go, go get him. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just, uh, there was a moment in the interview where like Lando's giving like his post-race interview. Did you see this? And Zach Brown comes over and like, gives him like, like daps him up. And Lando like shakes his hand and he's like, ah, because <laughs> like I guess Zach Brown like dapped him up so hard and like Lawrence was like, oh mm-hmm. wow, it was like a really loud hand clap. And then while Lando's like shaking his hand and being like, whew, yeah, wow, that was aggressive. You can hear off camera that like he went over and basically did the same thing to probably Piastri because you hear like the mm-hmm. hand clap sound and then Zach Brown like walks back through frame behind Lando and is like, <laughs> ah, it's just wonderful I watching him. I hope that he right. does like a bunch of like prank phone calls to Otmar tonight. I hope that that's what's yeah. happening. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Without, without question. Okay. Yeah. Are we going to see this? form in mclaren continue forwards uh i don't this wasn't this wasn't upgrades for silverstone right this is upgrades that have been accumulating over the past few races and then just like is it that the upgrade settled in is it that the final upgrade put the puzzle pieces together or was it that silverstone suited their car and their their general design plan for the car i'm not sure but it see it seems like they are this like this is a new a newer iteration of their car uh and i think that the front wing is the last upgrade that they're going to be bringing before the summer break so i think Mm -hmm. like they were saying like they were staging this out like a 75 or 25 percent or maybe it was like the floor and the side pods was like the first 50% of the upgrades. And then they did like another uh, floor and diffuser uh, upgrade uh, for Austria, for Lando. And then they had like the front wing upgrade, I think completes the upgrade package, like the pre-break package for them. Uh, hopefully they continue to bring more upgrades because I mm-hmm. want to see them continue to do better. That said, I think I was wrong about Fernando Alonso. I think it's a matter of time before we do see Dark Alonso. He was nowhere last weekend, and he was nowhere this weekend. 
Yep. He, now I saw finish, him. I saw him. I saw him rolling with the punches. Okay. I saw okay. him in the back of someone's interview, just grinning. Oh, it was uh, Oscar you know. Piastri as he was being yeah. interviewed uh, about. I think the question he was being asked was about Alpine. And like you see yeah. Fernando Alonso just like Cheshire cat style in the, the yep. background. Uh, that was, yeah. I, I think he is rolling with the punches, but I don't know, man. I, if the Aston Martin doesn't show up with new upgrades in uh, in the next couple of races that update his performance and get him back to like challenging for podiums if not race wins i think we are going to see alonso get pretty prickly with at least the media um maybe not the team maybe not the team radio but i think like he won't be having as much fun <laughs> uh, yeah uh, but well there's yeah. already been a giant plummet in the alonso circus stock yeah in the last month, oh, basically, yeah. like it's it's no longer the most hotly discussed topic yep. of Formula One, and I'm, I, I imagine that hurts him at it least has a little to. bit. It I think he's to. I think he's got enough goodwill in the tank to last a few more races, but yeah, before the end of the season, uh, Dark Alonso rises. Yeah. I'm I'm back on I'm back on board with that, Johnny. I think you were you were right, and I was wrong to ever doubt you that we are It'll be beautiful we, though. It'll be great. Yeah. It'll be wonderful to to see. Yeah. It'll I still a, think no. he wins a race this year. I still I still yeah. do believe that. Um uh it's getting harder and harder to see that happening because the other teams are closing up that gap to Red Bull quicker. So it's gonna be harder if there is a reliability issue for Alonso to scoop in. But who knows? Who knows? Oh. Speaking of Red Bull and reliability, did you hear any of these reports about Christian and Max starting to comment on like the 2026 engine regulations? Have you heard did you No, what what's the what's the beef? So, after Austria I guess Max was initially interviewed and they were like, oh, so what are your thoughts on like the, the engine regulations? Because like, if you're going to start developing the car for next year, blah, 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 it just got to the point of where they were talking about the 2026 regs and the way that those are structured is it'll be 50% uh, combustion engine and a 50% hybrid uh, engine. And Max was saying, yeah, I was in the simulator with like the new spec engines that we're working on, uh, on like the current chassis. And by the end of the straight in Monza, I was losing, like I had lost battery power. So I was having to downshift to try to recharge my battery by the end of the straight, which means I was like losing speed at mm. the end of the straight. And like, that's not F1, that can't happen. And then Christian Horner came in, in like an interview somewhere else and was like, yeah, so I've like started to question if it's a smart idea to have combustion and hybrid splits as like equally. Uh that this is maybe going to be like an issue that 
is uh, a problem. And we, I'm thinking on like, as a sport, we can't have cars downshifting on the straight at Monza. Like, that's not okay. And he's like, I'm speaking on behalf of all these other folks. And basically like trickling out other team principals were like, no, we're okay. I don't know what he's talking about. We're fine. Um, mm. So if he's got a problem, then I think maybe maybe put a microphone back oh. in front of his face for a little while longer. And Toto was like, oh, it sounds like Christian's struggling with yeah. his car. And Oh, Christian yeah. has the printouts now. Yeah. Mm. It's like, oh, Interesting. it's, it's going to be really hard for us to change. Like Toto was like, I mean, it's impossible for us to change the regulations now because most of the rest of our teams have already begun developing these engines. And yeah, we're seeing that there are clipping issues and that there's like D rate issues, which is when the battery pack needs to be recharged before the end of a straight or whatever, uh, or the end of like a longer straight. Um, and Toto was like, yeah, yeah, we're seeing that for sure. And like, I know that some of the other team principals are seeing that, but this is like a, problem that we need to solve we're the greatest motorsport on the planet we should be able to solve this problem right like unless someone's having like catastrophic issues with their engine i could see why maybe they would have like a reason mm-hmm. to protest this like but that's the only reason why someone would be complaining is if they were having major setbacks in i don't know a new powertrain program Maybe someone's partner isn't as strong as they thought they were. And and so it was basically just Toto being like, oh, it sounds like Red Bull might start have they might they might be having issues with like how Ford is helping to power their motors. Huh? Mm -hmm. Well, I guess you should have stuck with Honda. No one told you to leave Honda and start your own powertrain. No one told you to do that, Christian. No one told you to do that, Max or Helmet. Why, why are you doing this? So I think that there's just as much as Audi is having issues with their engines not working. I think Red Bull is like the other group that's like, uh oh, uh, maybe, hmm, maybe we should have agreed to a less equitable split between the hybrid motor and the combustion motor. Yep. Maybe we should have not raced to be the first people to say yes to the new regulations because i believe that red bull were the first ones to sign up Mm -hmm. and start going like yeah it's important we got to get like sustainability you know we got to work towards like performance and sustainability we're like the greatest sport on the planet we should be able to master this the cars need to be smaller like all these things were being said by red bull and all of a sudden now they're like hey can we Maybe talk about these engines again because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not going the way we thought it was going to go. So, yeah, I'm excited. I for, love it. For more of that. Yeah, I just I need more of that. Um, Bonato was at, speaking of engines not oh, yeah. doing well. I, 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 saw, I saw a picture of him there. What was he doing there? Who's I he with? No idea, John. How does that? How does that? What's happening? Why is Bonato... Hmm. In the paddock at Silverstone, like, eh, don't you have, don't you have like vineyards and like goats to like herd and attend to and stomp on grapes so and stuff? What's going on here, buddy? I have to imagine he's there 
in conjunction with or has been invited by another team. I mean, I guess he could just sort of show up and of course. chill out, but that that I would expect to see at Monza, at Imola. Yeah, yeah. But at Silverstone. Oh, John, we didn't talk about this yet. Maybe. What else? What else happened in the race before we get to why Bonato was there? What else happened in the race? Because uh, I have I have a theory that I'm just now cooking up, and I need a little bit of discussion time to figure <laughs> out exactly how this could pan out. But I feel something coming on. Slowly, I like slowly unraveling like where, the tinfoil. <laughs> I like where uh, I like where this is going. Um, for me. In general, I'm going through my notes. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, there wasn't that much else that was like extremely notable. I mean, I I think we saw a mm-hmm. good bit of beautiful action on track that was just fun to see. These cars rip around Silverstone, yeah, in such a beautiful way. Yeah, um, through like uh, maggots and had record breaking. Like- attendance there yeah the place was absolutely stuffed the fans looked like they were absolutely loving it yep yep um uh, and, as they should have uh there was a bunch of fun things happening around the periphery of the race there was um nigel mansell busted out his old red five williams oh and did wow. some uh, Jensen Button drove the same car as yep. well as a, as an exhibition, oh, man. And, and not only that old time legendary racer, but also uh, the the legendary elder racer Sonny Hayes yeah. was there. Yeah, Sonny Hayes was was in the mix. Uh, uh-huh. Sonny Hayes uh, as played by Brad Pitt. Uh, so the new Formula One film did their first of what will be several yep. uh, instances of filming on track at the track. They had their own garage, their own paddock that uh, wasn't at the end of the pit lane. It was directly next to Ferrari, which yeah. I think was intentional. Like I think like if you're filming a formula one movie and you want to have people talking in the pit lane, you want to see like red suits yeah. in the next garage over, right? Like that's yeah. a very cinematic way of looking at it. Uh, when it was announced that they would be there and that they would be participating in the formation lap, I saw a lot of people freaking out on la- online. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even see them during the formation lap. And I'm not no. sure if they actually went Oh, they out did. Or they did. Were they, were, were they at the back of the grid? Yep. They were at the back of the grid. Uh, so uh, James Hinchcliffe was there commentating uh, with F1 TV. And like they do like the grid walk. Uh, so like they have Martin okay. Brundle's grid walk. And then they also have F1 TV's like specific. Yeah, I only walk. saw the Martin Brundle version. And, and they did. Martin Brundle did like a sit down chat with, you know, Brad Pitt at one point that was aired yeah. as, as part of the pre-race and whatnot. But what did what did F1 TV so say about they start at the, the back the of the Apex grid. GP Apex team. GP, yeah, which there are shots of those cars. The livery looks great. It looks very much very similar yeah. to the rich energy livery uh, yeah, Haas, from yeah. way back in the day. Um But also, I mean, I take that when I see that, I don't I don't know. When I see black no. and gold, I don't think of 
fucking Haas and, no, and Rich no, Energy. No. I think of Lotus John Player Special. Me too. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, one of the most beautiful liveries of all time, and I'm sure that was all over uh, the production designers' Pinterest, of course. You know, mood board wall, whatever. As uh, yeah, being as, like oh, as they were putting the these are the together. palettes. Yeah, that pop. But I think there's, I think there's cool. I mean, there's, there's. So sorry, I'm just gonna so, geek out about yeah, this yeah, for yeah. a so second because I'm, bef- I'm a big be- move before we before we get too geeked out on it john so this is yes, what happened please. uh james hinchcliffe at the back of the grid as they're about to start the grid walk he's like uh and right here is valtteri botas's car uh because he had to do like an engine swap and like he's starting from like the the pit lane so he's at the back of the grid for this formation lap and just behind him are the apex gp cars and he's like but we can't show you those and the cameraman starts to like swoop around and mm. James Hinchcliffe does this like perfectly like oh cheeky like grabs the camera housing and goes nah ah uh, ah uh, ah uh, ah uh, and like spins it back around so you don't get to see them so there those cars were there but they were being okay. extremely careful not to show anything so, from okay the movie. so I mean I was. I was looking for it. Yeah, I'm, me too. I'm a big movie geek, and I'm very fascinated about this whole aspect of their filming yeah. a blockbuster movie about the thing we within love within a Formula like, One race. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I was wondering if there was some. So that I mean, that clarifies it immediately. There yep. is some intentional control over. Let's not. Let's not turn. You know, and and I wonder if that comes from the movie studio i mean it could but like to me that's not that big deal they're already choosing to like you know film in open air you know yeah very public space where anyone could capture it on their iphone from the stands but i i suspect that it's part of formula one are actually the ones that are saying like let's not turn the race weekend into a behind the scenes featurette yeah this film yeah and get to distracted by these these shenanigans that we are yeah Yeah. so if i think that it's probably as i mean you know how this works too john you know how desperate these studios are and how desperate filmmakers are to like keep a very close tightly knit like well that i mean i'm used to i'm used to movie productions being like military grade secrets and yeah. whatnot yeah. but you would also never be like let's film a scene in front of a stadium full of you know hundred thousand plus people yeah and whatnot who could who could capture it we're going to capture um, it on there with their telephoto like who knows what um yeah yeah there is I, yeah yeah I saw I saw a couple um I think maybe the AP posted a couple pictures of like when they were actively filming and it looked like they were filming during that sort of like grid walk time yeah you know pre-race and there was moments where Brad Pitt and uh the other star of the film are like walking the grid and it looked like they'd maybe intentionally sprinkled like a couple other F1 drivers around them. I saw like Carlos Sainz oh, yeah. in the mix, like in the periphery, and like, you know, All couldn't right. help but immediately be so, like, look at that guy with movie star looks. Oh, and there's Brad Pitt over John, there. Um this is why I think Bonato was there. <laughs> <laughs> 
I oh. think that Bonato has a substantial role in this film. And one of the reasons why I think this is because that man is one of the most amazing technical minds in Formula One, right? Mm-hmm. It's pretty, yeah. pretty, there's like no real argument with that, right? Yeah. Why wouldn't he have a job this year if he didn't have to go on gardening leave? Why wouldn't he be with a team? Why wouldn't he be with Audi trying to help them develop their engines? Why wouldn't he be with any other team in some sort of consultant role? And I'm guessing Mm. it's because he may have signed a different contract to work on a different project, which especially because they showed Carlos signs in those, in a couple of those photos with like, Interesting. With those race, with those actors in their full race kit doing grid walks. And like literally Carlos is there walking next to them as if it's just like a normal thing. That was not a candid shot. That's a planned shot. That looked too perfect for that to be just a candid thing. Yeah. Um, So I think that Matteo Bonato is probably playing like the team principal of whatever Brad Pitt's team is. So that's... Uh. Ah. It's not. He is. He is not. Okay. Uh, that we saw for the first time, and this wasn't, I think, previously announced. Javier Bardem. Oh, was amazing! There. Amazing. Okay. Okay. And he is, and he's playing Lawrence Stroll, the you know guy running the the team, who I'm sure is like the you know he's. Yeah. I imagine that the person running the team is like the villain. Yeah, you know, in some regard, but is maybe a Lawrence Stroll esque. So maybe he's I think back Mat- to I think Matthias is like a consultant. You know, I or think, maybe I think he's Matthias. a te- he could be he could be just a a, a curly haired uh, weirdo who sits on the pit wall, right? Who like doesn't get super involved. I mean, he could just be background. But he's if part- I was yeah. if I was directing that movie, I would be like keep that seven and a half foot tall <laughs> yes. guy with the insane he's, hair he's too and, the, and the perfectly circular glasses that you can't take your eyes off of. <laughs> Get that guy out of the frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody, every time that guy walks through the shot, it's distracting everybody over here. Uh, that's my, or that's they're my like, on it. we have, uh, <laughs> Roberto Benini playing a role in yeah. uh, in this movie. That's, that, and Matteo is if, the stand-in for Roberto if, Benini. If it, I like I like the idea much more that there's you know uh, for brief comic relief there's just one clown team on the grid, and Roberto Benini has crazy puffed out hair and circular glasses. Yeah. yeah. And like, is just like, after the race, I'm headed to my vineyard. Ah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, that's, uh, but that's I do, the, uh, but I do think you need a little levity. You need a little levity in your, in your super oh, God, serious. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Formula there's one film. There's you the, need a, you need a clown team in the mix. Yeah. And it's also like, look at like, um, uh, the, the, like the volleyball scene in top gun. Right. It's like, that's like a very serious movie, but then they like get all oiled up and play beach volleyball with each other and like weirdly do like homoerotic flirting. And oh, I get all right. So, so what is, yeah, what's the, what is going to be the beach volleyball scene of this movie? Cause there's got to be something, right? There's got to be like, oh, it's like gonna be, I think it's, I think it's they're all hanging out in their, in their hotel room in like, you know, 
pajamas playing Mario Kart with each other. Uh, I think that's the that's the equivalent. I would say that they because Lewis is a consulting producer on this and is helping to like properly produce this film. I bet that Brad Pitt and oh, I can't remember the other actor's name. Um but the two main characters are going to like get on a couple of surfboards and just be out like in the water and being like, you got to feel the swell. Right. You gotta, right, like, right, right, it'll right, be right. like that kind of yeah. like, I'm going to be trying to catch the bumblebee with the chopsticks. Yeah. yeah. There'll be something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. But I bet. Sur- and I think surfing, I think that's almost definitely. Yeah. Cause Lewis is obsessed with that. Like that's his like yeah. go-to thing of like, if I'm not going to jump out of a plane on my downtime, I am going to go surfing either in the ocean or in like a place that does fake waves, <laughs> uh, whatever. It Cause is. it's going to be some sort of thing where the young, the young hotshot drivers like, but I got to spend more time on the simulator. And then Brad Pitt's like, let me show you a different kind of simulator a hundred percent john and it's going to be in this like beautiful sepia tone because they'll be at like golden hour um yeah yeah it'll be like the long beach grand prix and then they're going to there's an amusing image of like a a ferrari with two surfboards strapped to the roof yes you know yes uh, <laughs> as like the rear wing is just a uh, a surfboard yeah. turned sideways. It's the DRS flap. It's just <laughs> um Hollywood. We're right here. Right, uh, yes, we're we, right here. Uh, just this jump in. And, you know, free. this is yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think this this weekend was phenomenal. Uh, for so many reasons, as like a diehard fan, as someone who is like looking around and seeing all these new fandoms happen uh i think Mm -hmm. that it's like great seeing like the camera pan over the crowd and seeing like black and brown faces and women and men and and kids and uh old people and young people like it was just i love as problematic as motorsport can be and as inaccessible as historically possibly the single most toxic of all yeah for sure of all sports communities in terms of like you know i remember yeah. being a kid and going to a dirt track with my dad and just being like wow like i've never seen adults throw beer cans with their shirts off before yeah this is weird oh and they like calmed the crowd by parading women with no clothing on on hot asphalt in high heels huh wow (laughs) what a weird like culture to be inserted into um yeah yeah it's no longer like that I think I uh, uh, I think I've mentioned this maybe maybe a, a year ago on this podcast. I'd taken uh, I had to get my car sorted uh, at some point last year and went mm-hmm. to a, a specialist like a, a little tuner tuner shop. Yeah, um, AZP installs great guys. They nice, did yeah. Give them the plug. Give them the free advertising on, uh, on on my car, and I give them and I give them extra props because I was like, hey. My daughter's in the car and she really needs to use the bathroom. And I just straight up, I looked at the guy. I was like, do you have like a bunch of like, you know, like, can she use the bathroom? And the guy was like, sure. And I was like, do you have a bunch of like nudie magazine pictures all over the bathroom wall? And the guy was like, no, no, it's totally fine. Oh. I was like, cool. Wow. Thank you. I appreciate that. 
Wow, what a pleasant and, uh, surprise. Yeah. Like, what a horrible conversation <laughs> to have to have. But also, yes. like, huh. I mean, and purely coming from, like, you know, I'd been to some tuner shops with my dad when I was a kid, and that was maybe one of the most fascinating things about the experience of going there. Dad, I got I to gotta go to the bathroom. What are you talking about? You went to the bathroom at <laughs> Taco Bell, like, 20 minutes <laughs> yeah, ago. Yeah, like, yeah, but I got to pee again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. What a what a... What a wonderful like shift in like the cultural experience that people are getting yeah. to have. Uh, I would love. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I agree. I, I did make specific note of that, like particularly uh, as the race was finishing and you saw people applauding Lando, the camera kept sweeping over the crowd and you would see like a smattering of uh, men and women all ages, yeah. many different races, and 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 it looked like everyone there was just loving it. Yeah, just absolutely loving it. I mean, it felt like it was a a, a rejuvenation, particularly for the British motorsports audience. But I mean, I felt that myself again. Yeah, I like literally like got. I, I felt more British today than I have in a in a long time, and I can't wait for my yeah. British friends to call on me for that but yeah that's uh that and was, that was what the that was that was what silverstone did to me and i know it's not it's technically in the uk it's not british it's scottish but i am going to fry myself up some haggis tonight i'm gonna have some haggy balls uh some fried haggy wow. balls <laughs> because i'm feeling you just you just you just set motorsport culture back yeah. another 10 years <laughs> yeah, with, yeah. with that Corey. i know that's, i know that's just disgusting i know um yeah uh look sheep stomach really is delicious um uh <laughs> god i'm sorry i'm sorry but I'm not sorry because I'm going to eat it tonight. Uh, yeah, I loved, I really, really <laughs> loved this. <laughs> um, I I loved everything about it. And I love that, like, even listening to, there's like the the post-race uh, uh, podcasts that happen uh, from the venue and listening to, like, the F1 podcast, uh, like, two and a half hours after the podium ceremony was over and still hearing fans chanting like enough fans yeah. to create a wall of sound that made it onto the specific microphones that are built to like only capture yep. a person's voice yeah. when it's a couple of feet away from it at the most Inches, yeah, 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 inches yeah. Away, yeah. But like hearing, like centimeters, centimeters, centimeters. Sorry, centimeters. yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, right. Um, uh, and just fully hearing a crowd like with distinct and obvious chants of like Lando, Lando, and it's like, this, yeah, this man is like showered and leaving the venue, and y'all are still here, taking your shirts yeah. off and like drinking beer and like crowd surfing. Uh, for nothing like nothing's happening anymore um i loved it i i really loved it and i think this is like what a wonderful way to like inject some uh inspiration back into f1 fandom just like yep yeah sure f1 does well when ferrari does well but also F1 does fine when Ferrari does really, really bad too, because it gives us something to talk about. 
McLaren, when McLaren does well, when Williams does well at a British rate, like there is nothing. It was this trifecta. You had you had Williams, we had McLaren, and we had Hamilton. Yeah, it just is beautiful. It doesn't get much better than what we just experienced. And again, we're still on the high from it because it just happened today. But I mean, I was up like fully caffeinated watching the pre-race ceremony at like six forty-five in the morning, <laughs> just being like, mm-hmm. "All right, I know what's I know what's happening. Let's do this." Um, then watched an amazing Grand Prix. Truly, not disappointed in any way at all. Except, f- it's weird to be like, "Oh, I'm kind of disappointed that Hamilton got on the podium at his home Grand Prix." Like that's the only thing that I can be like, eh. It would have been maybe a might have been better to see Piastri on the podium. Hmm. I mean, ideally, it would have been like Lewis, Lando, and Piastri, and that would have been like the yeah. perfect podium. But I'm just yeah. I was I was praying for that. Um, just can we just get a max DNF? Can we just can we please? Yeah. Just have a Red Bull car failure. Yeah. It's got to happen at some point this season because I am worried that we're not going to see a non-Red Bull win without that happening. Yeah, it was a little scintillating at the beginning of the season of being like, oh, wow, could they do it? And now I'm just like, ugh, please don't do this. Like, Please don't. And it's safe to say now that like Max is more dominant in his current form than... Mm-hmm. Almost any other F1 driver in recent history, including Lewis, including Seb, including Schumacher, yeah. including Ayrton. Uh, I mean, it's hard to think of someone who is just more in control of the entire race weekend. Um, yeah. He noticed that the Ferraris were pitting because he saw them on the screens. Yeah, and there were. He was like, "Hey, should we change our strategy?" And the team was like, "No, no, we're not changing the strategy because Ferrari yeah. pitted because they finished ninth and tenth." <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, no, Max, don't worry about that. Whoa. But yeah, like hearing the commentators being like, "Wait, he wouldn't have seen that because the Ferraris were behind him when he pit." Oh, he must have been watching one of the screens. He must have been so far ahead and so comfortable in that car that he saw a Ferrari pit. And had the presence of mind to go like, hmm, is that something we should think about? <laughs> incredible. Really, really incredible. Um, don't enjoy hearing Christian Horner. Don't enjoy reading Helmut Marco's words. Um, but I did. <laughs> I also did enjoy watching Helmut Marco try to like elbow his way past a photographer as the photographer was like trying to get a shot of Zach Brown congratulating Lando. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like Helmut yep. Marco was like angry that the photographer is in the way. I was like, dude, you're yep. such an old. I mean, sorry to be ageist here, but he's like the definition of like uh, just a bitter old man who needs to like just watch the races from home, dude. Just go watch the races from home. You don't yep. need to be at the yep. track ever. Uh, anyways, I'm excited for what the rest of the season is going to hold. I love that yes. Lewis was fired up about the McLarens. Yep. That's his team. Yeah, Mercedes yep. is his team, but he's won his first championship. 
in a McLaren. And yeah, they had Mercedes engines in there, but like, as a McLaren, he's a McLaren boy and he cares. He cares. Yeah. And he wants them to do well. Yep. Um, and I think, again, the sport only benefits when McLaren does well. I think it hurt us. It was not fun to like talk smack about McLaren <laughs> and being like, they're the worst team on the grid. And I was like, oh, I hate, I don't like saying that at all. Yeah. Because they're not, they're a good team and they got a lot of talent. I loved it. Loved it. So, John, did the stock go up? What do you think? Stock, stock absolutely went up. Yeah. It's fantastic to see. Yeah. I'm stoked. Uh, great sort of origin or mecca of Formula One being celebrated in this way. Yeah. Great mixing up of the field. All these other tangential bits of excitement around the race. Mm-hmm. Stock is up. Yeah. Way up. I mean, there were things we missed a bunch of stuff from the race, but I feel like there was just so much. There was just so I like feel exhausted in the best possible way. Uh, even like recounting some of the best moments in the race. I'm just like, oh, I mean, Magnuson catching fire. Um, the fact mm-hmm. that Lewis finally this is I'm like, Lewis finally got a break with a safety car. And he like said it in an interview yep. too. He was like, yeah, it's been like two, three years since we've gotten a good break with a safety car. So it was like nice to get one. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you're right. You're right. Since before Abu Dhabi, since before that mess, he was still getting like, the reason he was in that mess was because there were a couple of safety cars that didn't go his way that season. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's been tough being a Hamilton fan and seeing a VSC pop up and being like, uh Oh, where is he on? And it even happened today where the VSC happened. And I watched him go by the pit entry and I was like, Oh no, is it happening? Oh no. Is is it happening again? And then it didn't happen. Oh, thank God. It didn't happen again. Oh, I would have, I don't know what I would have done, John. Because he would have he would have finished behind George. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, that would have destroyed me. <laughs> it would have destroyed me. Oh, not 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 good. Um, oh, last thing before we we dip out here. Um, the augmented reality helicopter shots. What did you think? Jimmy? Oh, yeah. Uh, I thought they were cool. I think there was a certain point, uh, I'm, and I'm all for this kind of like interesting, innovative broadcast tech being yeah. brought into the race. There was something about seeing the full names for like a 15 or 20 second shot of the car where I'd be like, yeah, yeah no, we we get it. We know who it is. And like yeah. when it was the, the three letter um, abbreviations, it felt better to me way more interesting if there was more cars on track with that happening simultaneously yes to which i think it 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 gives it more purpose or functionality in that like are you having trouble telling which the tiny black car is and the tiny yeah. dark gray car you know like and whatnot like at that point that's a little more uh, a little more practical yeah yeah that was I, I, I think on like a um, 
I don't know if it would work at any other track though, because like there's so little elevation change at Silverstone that like it actually did mm-hmm. kind of work and it wouldn't work at Hungary. Uh, I don't think, I think we'll see, I think we'll see it elsewhere. I think it'll, you know, to me, this is like a test flight that they're doing. Yeah. It's something that they'll roll out more of. I think the, the powerful thing is, is that we're seeing more of this stuff and we, there are some other areas where they employ technically similar techniques or effects, but I do think there's some really huge future potential with this kind of like augmenting. Yeah how we see the cars on track. And there had even been discussion, uh, I think for the new formula for the 2026 rule change that, and and it got kiboshed, but there was briefly discussion about there being displays on the cars themselves that would be like illuminated, you know, on a wing end plate or whatnot, okay. would basically be a screen yeah. that could tell you things like, you know, it could put, uh, performance figures on it. It could tell you what tire the car is on or tell you, you know, the current state of charge of the battery or whatnot. So that fans have more insight into what's happening on the car. Uh, I think we'll see more of that kind of stuff happening in a more sort of like virtual or augmented reality yeah. kind of way where there's more rich data applied because I, you get a great sense of all the available data when we see that like POV shot uh, or the over the helmet cam, the onboard like, camera, on the and halo. they do the halo wrap yeah. around. There's so much interesting data. I think it's still even when they do that. I think they're still missing the mark on what the most relevant or critical data is. Yeah. Uh, and a, a a buddy of mine, um, my, my old buddy Doug sent me, uh, I think it was this past week or the week before, he sent me this video and he was like, whoa, have you ever seen this? Because uh, I know you're an F1 fan and it was the thermal camera on the onboard, which yeah. they did briefly yeah. two or three seasons ago. And they haven't done it since. And I thought that was I love that. spectacular, especially when they were compositing it over the, the normal full color feed and they would just do it overlaid on the tires. Yeah. And to me, there's so much nuanced detail in like not just how hot is the tire, but like is the is the left tire hotter than the right tire? Is the tire hotter on the inside of the tire or the outside of the tire? And just like all those little things like that's that's really wild stuff. So I think yeah. there's I think there's a lot to be done there and I'm an endless proponent for the fact that like this is the most technologically advanced sport. I think the broadcast has a ways to go in catching up with that and I do think that's a major feature for drawing people into the sport which is just like really putting on display the crazy amount of science and yeah. data and telemetry that's available here. Yeah, yeah. Uh and they used to they they haven't really done it that much this year but every once in a while they'll throw it up there is when like someone is in like within like striking range and they'll like do like the little like NBA yep. 2K like circle underneath them like showing the distance yeah. uh from the front wing of another car like I think that's pretty cool. Um Yeah. I would like to see that used more. But as far as putting displays on the cars as people who have gone to these races john like you're not seeing that as the car goes like that would serve no purpose for a fan in person because the cars are going too fast for you to ever 
see that, but augmented on a virtual display, watching it, yeah, that makes sense. But like, I'm glad they were. Well, I mean, I'll I'll still campaign for anything that makes it more like Tron. Well, that's the. Yeah, I thought you were going to mention that maybe we're going to get some like underglow lights. Um, yeah, the under. I still I still think the underglow, especially if like yeah. there was a functional component to it, like the underglow changes colors when they go from like being on the gas to being on the brake or something like that. I think stuff like that could be pretty cool. Um, yeah. There would be something, but also it's 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 really just coming from like glowy glowy yeah. things make me happy. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, hey, maybe for Vegas we're going to get what we want, which is like they will do those like glowing lights for just the Vegas race and like try it out and see what it see what it is. Um, and the and the bathrooms will be smattered with nudie magazines. Yeah, yeah, they will. That's right, because <laughs> that's cultural welcome to vegas yeah yeah that's like culturally a part of vegas um uh we're not just saying this to be lewd but but that's literally sin city baby um i i think that this was a great weekend i think that the uh last thing here before we go as someone rips by in In a hellcat yeah it sounds like a charger sounds like a hellcat um so the the new tire compounds this uh weekend pirelli rolled out new tire compounds that like supposedly made it easier because the lateral loads put in the tires were causing tires to blow up at silverstone um like that track specifically so it was nice to see that Hmm. um yeah and it worked out it was a problem for some of them but uh eh, they've sorted it out no, I mean, especially seeing again, like the, you know, the McLaren stuck on the hards and still doing quite well. Yeah. In those circumstances. Yeah. Oh, oh, my video froze. You, I mean, you see how frozen I am. Yeah. Your, your, your video is super frozen. Um, but. I'm just looking. There's, it's just a browser thing here happening. I'm sure. Oh, hey! There we go. He's back. He's here we back. go. Watch how fast I go. Zoom, 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 yeah. zoom, 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 uh, uh you can always now? catch you can always catch me via my my home base of johnnymotion.com and you know hit me hit me up on the threads look hey. for me there. I'm around there all right um well i am uh not on threads uh you can still find me on twitter uh for the time being i'm still burn cory burn on all those things uh and uh if i do end up on threads i will also be burn cory burn because i know i already have that username retained because i have an instagram account yay data transfers uh all right um yeah, folks, you can track me down there. You can track me down on Blue Sky. We're also the F1 Files on Twitter, the F1 Files on TikTok, and the F1 Files pod on Instagram, which I promise I'll start posting again on those. Uh, all right, folks. Well, looks like you're going to have to catch up with us, just like we will certainly catch up with you the next time on the F1 Files.